Hello, this is Keith James, writer and host of Gus Bibliowitz, Basketball Legend. If you like this show, you will love my new book, Greg Maxwell's Inferno, coming out August 10th, 2021, through Humorous Books in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Follow me or Humorous Books on Instagram or Twitter to get more updates on the book. I'll also be putting up Chapter 1 on this feed, so keep your eyes peeled, my little bad boys. And as always, like, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends. Hello and welcome to the Gus Bibliowitz Basketball Legend audio series. Uh, I'm Keith James, writer, host, um, voice of Gus Bibliowitz. Um, sorry, it's been so long since since the last episode. Uh, just dealing with some uh, some family things going on and uh, just trying to make all this right for my loyal listeners. Um, Anyways, if you like this, please like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Uh, it'd be very much appreciated. All right. So without further ado, here is episode seven of Gus Biblowitz's Basketball Legend. My big NBA lawyers met with the city of San Jose and hashed out an agreement to get me off the hook for kidnapping an entire house of college students. Based on the sensitive back room of a courtyard Marriott nature of this deal, I can't get into specifics. But basically, for the upcoming offseason, I have to guard Steph Curry's house all night, every night. But my sleazy meatbag lawyers took this agreement and made a fucking mockery of it. Again, it's real covert, piece of shit, bodies and rivers type stuff, so I can't be too explicit. But I'll give up a couple of things. One, to guard the house, I get the gun of my choosing. And Steph Curry has to reimburse me of all costs, except for gas required to get to the gun store. So, if it all ends there, I get a free gun to use all summer. But, it does not end there. Nowhere in the agreement does it say I have to do a good job. It just says I have to be on the grounds of Steph Curry's house. So, okay, let me get this straight. I have a free gun that I bring to Steph Curry's house, which I now live at all summer? And this is a punishment? Also, the ban from the Bay Area got lifted, which is fine, I guess. Means I can play against Golden State. Just one of the perks of my uptight ass clown of a son re-entering my life. Right now... I'm sitting on a red exercise ball in the San Diego Supersonics training facility. I am forced to sit on this ball and stretch and exercise ban until Sharon tells me I can go home. Sharon was Corey's idea. 
Sharon is a personal trainer and lifestyle coach. Sharon was on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and sells bath beads as a side hustle. Sharon doesn't let me eat brisket and says I have a dying liver. Sharon says I can't lift weights with my team because too many of my muscles have atrophied. Sharon is a representation of how Corey has taken over every aspect of my being. First, he took down my freecams.com jerk-off site and mailed my webcam back to Western Governors University. He said it was unfit for a professional basketball player and a grandfather to be doing pornography, not knowing those were the two fetish categories I was creating solid content for. Then he had the FBI raid my ex-entourage's sweatshop and got me back my house. Then he sold my house to pay off all my debts to Austin Rivers and the YMCA. Next, he sicked Sharon on me. Finally, he took me shopping for clothes and made me promise not to be naked around his two children. Corey also found out about my dalliances with Craig at Ultrazone Laser Tag. He said I could keep doing it because it was the only time I was ever going to run or generally exercise. But he got rid of the full bar. He told Craig that I'm allowed to have one white claw hard seltzer a day. And I have to do ten sit-ups before each round. If I don't, Corey will tell the San Diego Police Department that Ultrazone Laser Tag's alcohol permit might be forged. Through all this, I have two grandchildren who crave attention from me. The older one with no name likes to grab pieces of fat on my body and scream at my face. The younger one I call computer gives me hugs from behind and slips half-finished poems in my pocket. If I don't have the poem memorized, he cries. If I haven't finished writing the poem for him, he cries. If I screw up the meter, <laughs> he is inconsolable. I've tried to fight Corey every step of the way. Sure, I'm debt-free, living a sustainable, healthy life without having to resort to sex work to pay for my addictions. But you can get all the lipstick in the world, and I'm still a girthy pig who's inclined to do pig shit. Every time he forced some new positive change, I'd get up in his face and mash my body against him. It never went well. Israel forces a man to be sexy, sure-minded, and excellent at physical combat. Before I can peel my man tits off Corey, he has me in a standing guillotine and I've shit myself. Needless to say, I've lost my leadership spot on the team. When your teammates watch someone force you to shit your pants multiple times, they tend to gravitate to the person who forced the shit out. I've gone from burly alpha to the guy that Markel Fultz plays got your nose with during shoulder treatments. All of this happened in less than 24 hours. It only took 24 hours to castrate and domesticate this wild bull. I lay on my stomach on the red ball and roll around the training facility for a bit. Nothing hurts. My shirt fits nice. I'm still a stinky fat mess, but less so. Sharon says I'm getting more adorable every hour. She says that if I could do four sit-ups, she'll tell me what Ben Higgins from The Bachelor is like. I look at a whiteboard in the center of the room. 
It says how many games are left in the season and what place we're in. Under all this information is Corey's final team demand. Playoffs. We make the playoffs. I tried to play devil's advocate with him. If we make the playoffs, that means we have to play, at the very least, four more games than we normally would if we didn't make the playoffs. Does anyone really want to play four more games? Apparently what I said was dumb and what is wrong with me as a person. (laughs) This league has changed. I used to be able to convince whole teams to give up on seasons. In 2004, I took a fourth seed Charlotte Bobcats team into the lottery with only 20 games left in the season. All because I made one passionate speech about Summers in Fort Lauderdale. The focus of this team has changed. People are starting to say things like, Who are we playing? Who should I guard? In this locker room, I couldn't even begin a sentence about mid-tier beach cities in Florida without getting my ass chewed out. Steven Weber walks in. Are you using the TRX machine? I wanted to get a couple fly extensions in before game time. I shake my head no. Steven moves around my body and adjusts the TRX ropes. Big game tonight, I say. Steven looks at me with his classically trained eyes. They're all big games, Gus. Every game is vital to our success. To call one game bigger than the others plays right into the hands of our adversaries. I wheel my ball over and ram my head into Steven Weber's butt cheeks. Gus, I need to warm up my pectorals if I am to contribute to this team. Chill the fuck out, Steven Weber. 24 hours ago, you were in New Orleans, butt-chugging hurricanes. What's got into you? Steven looks towards the TRX ropes. I had a discussion with Corey. Of course you did. That's what I literally just said, Gus. We had a discussion about my career. I laid out my goals to continue building upon the NCIS New Orleans universe, to use one of my between-season breaks to film a supporting villain role in a Marvel movie, to book a string of TD Ameritrade commercials. Corey then weighed my goals against my role on this team. I will provide healthy minutes on the road. I will be a perimeter scorer and a defensive presence for the remaining games of the season. We looked at these two career paths for me and determined it was best that I quit my acting career to support the San Diego Supersonics. I fall off my red ball. Are you fucking kidding me? You are leaving NCIS New Orleans? Are are, are you at least phasing out your character gracefully? Tell me they have a plan to phase out your character gracefully. Steven Weber is terse. My character is not leaving the show. It is being recast. Joe Pentoliano is now inhabiting the role of Mayor Hamilton. Joe Pentoliano? Steven Weber, you are irresponsible and hurtful. I'm supposed to pretend that Mayor Hamilton suddenly has pierced ears and wears a fedora? Do you care about story? I ripped the TRX ropes out of his hands. 
People are gonna bury you, Steven Weber. You think the writers of Game of Thrones got it bad? Watch what happens when you fuck with NCIS New Orleans. They are gonna eat you alive. Gus, that's enough. I hear the squeaking of wheels. I turn around. Carmelo Anthony is in a full suit with LeBron-style suit shorts for his absent legs. He looks like a king. <laughs> he looks like a king, hardened from years of battle. <laughs> His hair is grown out with small streaks of white. 24 hours were a lifetime for my sweet, tender son. Come to my office, Gus. I throw the TRX ropes on the top metal bar so Steven Weber has to get a chair to reach it. I follow Mello out of the training room. Carmelo Anthony's office has an unrelenting heat. I can only assume that he was attempting for the look of a distinguished elder statesman, but... His execution is curious. The wallpaper is black leather. His bookshelves are all filled with dictionaries. He has seven globes, each one showing a single continent. His whiteboard is 15 moleskin notebooks stapled to the wall. He motions me to a lazy boy chair across from his desk. We both sit. He looks towards the door curiously, then reaches under his desk. He pulls out a dusty bottle. Peach brandy. I got it a few winters ago when I was backpacking in Tulsa. I've let it age. The room is pure heat, but now I feel warmth. Not everything has to change. You look strong, I say. Mello rolls his eyes and sighs. I feel over my head. This coaching stuff. I have to make so many decisions. It, it was so easy as a player. Get the ball, go between the legs, step back, 20-footer, rinse, lather, repeat. Now, he looks at his whiteboard of moleskins. I have to think about everybody. I put my hand on his shoulder. Mello, this is going to be an adjustment. But hey, you got me out there. And you got me when the game ends, too. And that's what really counts. Coaches don't have to worry about conditioning. Coaches can get fat. Think about how much room that opens up for us and our nightlives. And I'll be coming out on the road, too. Mello smiles but leans back. My hand can't reach his shoulder anymore and drops. Coaches get fat from a lack of sleep, from working. He doesn't want to look at me. He keeps his eyes on the moleskins. You talked to Corey. Yeah, I did. We got a shot, Gus. There's nothing that says that we can't have a white claw or two at the hotel bar, but we've really got to focus. We're not far out of the eighth seed. He fiddles with the bottle of peach brandy on the desk. We, we really got to dig in, and 
I don't know, change stuff. I lean forward. What stuff needs to change, Carmelo? He stops fiddling with the bottle and looks me in the eyes. We're two big dogs at a crossroads. <laughs> you. And I know you're changing a bit off the court. I'm getting reports from from Sharon, and, and she says that you're really coming along. But the game, how we play, we need to talk about your role. You need me to learn full court shots because I've been practicing them. If you can make a full court shot, you don't have to run or nothing. Just get the ball and shoot is all. Mello smiles, but his eyes are sad. No, <laughs> I don't see us spreading out our offense that much. What I need from you is to be more of a, you know, support guy. I feel a rage blackout coming on. My Ken Caminetti necklace throbs hard. Mello grabs my arm. I'm not saying you're a bench guy. You are still a starter. You're not a poor person. So don't treat me like a poor person, I hiss. He massages my hand. The offense needs to be distributed. You can't scream for the ball every play anymore. You'll have to pass. I, I had some of the analysts run the tape. You haven't passed once in seven years. I can't believe this shit. Oh, who the fuck am I going to pass it to? Your teammates. Mello has leaned forward. Do you know that Austin Rivers has a career 34.7% from three? That's not very good, I say. It, it's not great, but it's the highest on the team. You know who shoots the most threes? Me, I say confidently. Yeah, Mello says. And your percentage is seven. Oh, so now you're a numbers guy? Well, let me give you a number. Five. Five MVPs. Great strategy, coach. You want to take the ball out of the hands of a five-time MVP. Gus, the only people who remember those five MVPs are historians. We are a long way from that, but... <clears throat> Mello softens. You are still useful. If you rebounded, if, if you set picks... Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm some big-bodied cabana boy now? I unrecline my lazy boy and pace around the room. I spin every globe I can get my hands on. You want me to prance around and clean up the messes and get the little guys open and wipe everyone's butthole. Is that it? And let me guess. I stop the globe. It lands on Austria, which means I'm going to marry a girl in Austria. One of these little picks is going to be for my fucking son. Mello looks at me. He purses his lips hiding them from any kisses I would have given him had this conversation gone better. You have to be part of this team, Gus. Embrace your role. He looks at his legs. There's going to be a day when you don't have one. Whatever. He offers to pour some brandy, but I wave him off. Game time is soon. 
I have to not be drunk so I can serve the team. Am I excused, coach? Mellow nods. I leave. I think about basketball, my family, the fictional wife I have in Austria. I make it to my locker without looking or speaking to anyone. I put on my shorts, shirt, and shoes. I'm so angry I can barely notice that nothing hurts and everything fits pretty well. All right. That is episode seven. Uh, If you like that, please like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, tell your friends. Uh, If you want to see more stuff, uh, go to keithjameswrites.com where you'll find uh, different things I've written uh, along with the Super Friends podcast. Uh, We're talking about The Bachelor at Hannah B's season. It's a complete shit show. Uh, Anywho, um, look forward to... uh, getting this out next week hopefully season season uh jesus episode eight season eight if this goes season eight i don't know probably be like space themed or something like that or like have them go out to like yeah like discover a planet like gus discovers a planet or something like that um keep that in mind for season eight uh content Uh, Anywho, thank you so much for listening, and uh, yeah, see you next week.